0: Oh yeah, baby! Survivor Series. Woo! What a night! All right, let's fade out on this music. <laughs> the classic Survivor Series, baby. I don't know what that is. That's that's not quite Dusty Roads, but it's not quite anything. But man, oh man! Who cares about my little dopey accents? The Survivor Series is what we're talking about this morning on a Monday, November 27th, 2023. Oh, my God. What? CM Punk is back in WWE. Honestly... You know it, it this is and this is why I watch wrestling this is why I've been watching wrestling for over 30 years and why I why I will be a fan for the next 30 years until the day I die well hopefully when the day I die is more than 30 years from now but you know what I mean I'll be a fan for the next 30 years and and then some until until my demise <laughs> and I'll and then I'll keep being a fan after that I hope, I hope I can come back as a ghost. I hope ghosts are real. I don't believe that they are for one second, but it'd be nice if there's something. Because, like, I start to think, like, oh, my God, uh, I, I'm going to miss, cool, you know, when I'm 100 and I pass away, I'm going to miss all of the cool video games, all the cool movies, stuff that happens in wrestling. I'm going to miss it all. But you know what? I was alive at, like, honestly, let's be honest, The best time to be alive for video games, for wrestling, for all of it. To experience stuff when it happens. I mean, man, oh man, what a, what a, what a time to be alive. And Saturday was no exception to that rule uh, because the Survivor Series was good enough on its own. And just as they put the little copyright stamp thing, logo thing on the bottom of the screen... Which, since the beginning of time has indicated, that's it, we're fading out, the pay-per-view is over, you can go to bed now, there's nothing left to see. I can't think of a single time ever where they put that little, you know, stamp up, you know, all rights reserved, copyright, copyright 1992, Titan Sports, copyright 2023, WW, whatever the hell it says. And, uh, and they said it does it at the end of Raw, at the end of SmackDown, all that stuff. That You know it's over because they put the... Just as you watch a football game and they put the final score on the screen, it's over. Yeah, you can stick around and watch the interviews, the press conference and all that stuff. And that's what I knew would be coming up next. They're going to have a press conference as they do after all of the pay-per-views. And, uh, but but my 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 hopes were way up and then they were down because, okay... Survivor Series is over, and uh, and what you heard at the beginning of this show was it was not from the pay per view feed; it was cell phone footage uh, from a fan in attendance. Which is that as as I predicted, Cody Rhodes would get the victory for his War Games team. So Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso and Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins and Randy Orton. <laughs> I had to think of the team for a sec. Uh, that, that team, Randy Orton returned, they were teasing that maybe he was injured or that he wasn't going to show up, and so that leads to the speculation, like, oh my God, is, are they going to have to find somebody else? Is that somebody else going to be CM Punk? And then we get to the match, and Randy's music plays, and out comes Randy Orton, and he is indeed part of the match. They kind of, they teased it a little bit, made us think, "Uh uh-oh, he's not coming out, and then he did. And uh, and it was a it was a really fun match, and they beat the Judgment Day. Cody Rhodes hits the Crossroads on Damian Priest, I do believe, if I recall right. One two three, and that's that was the one two three count that you heard at the beginning of uh, of the show here. Referee counts three. Cody Rhodes music plays. Everybody in Chicago singing along, and I think everybody in Chicago is like, yeah, all right. I, it was probably a long shot. We would have loved to have seen what a what a treat what a surprise that would have been if CM Punk came back at Survivor Series tonight here in Chicago back to back to WWE the fact that he came back to wrestling period 2 years ago in AEW was really something and the fact that he's now 2 years later he's on he's in WWE I, I mean that's that's why we watch fucking wrestling because you don't know what's going to happen and when you think you know what's going to happen other shit happens and uh, and sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. In the case of Saturday Night, it was really, really good because Cody Rhodes pins Damien Priest. They play the Cody Rhodes music. <clears throat> Everybody's singing along. Everybody's happy. It's like, okay. And I was sitting there in the chair and I'm like, I guess, I guess we're not, all right, I guess there's no CM Punk. And then the little logo comes up, the little copyright stamp, whatever you call it, signature stamp mark. Uh, at the bottom of the screen. And as I said, I don't think in the history of WWE pay-per-views has there been anything on the pay-per-view itself that has happened after that thing comes up on the screen. It comes up on the screen. You see a few more seconds, maybe a, a wide shot of the crowd. Maybe one last shot of the, the guys celebrating in the ring or raising the belt over their head or whatever it is. and uh, And that's it. We fade out. So as soon as they put that on the screen... It's like ah shit. All right, all right. Well, wishful thinking. I thought CM Punk. What? Wait a minute. And then you you heard you heard the crowd in Chicago go absolutely apeshit. And uh, I was I was sitting in the chair just thinking like yeah, all right. I guess I guess I I guess it was a long shot. I guess it was a ridiculous wishful thinking to think that CM Punk was going to be here, and then he shows up. And then they take the little stamp off the screen and out comes CM Punk. His music's playing. Everybody's going crazy. They don't show anybody else. They don't, sh- they don't cut back to the ring at all. They just show CM Punk and he's hanging with the fans. And, uh, and you know, he's back. He's fucking... And he looks great. He looked great the last time we saw him on pay-per-view, which was only a few months ago back in August in Wembley Stadium when he kicked off that show uh, all in against Samoa Joe. And it's funny because I watched that show and I, and CM Punk comes out, they play his music and he comes out and he looks, and I remember looking at CM Punk and thinking, holy shit, man, he's like, (laughs) this isn't a slight against AEW, but looking at CM Punk, I thought, man, he looks like, he looks like a WWE superstar. Like he just looks so polished and so, uh, so complete. Like he just, you know, CM Punk has had different sort of body types over the years and Sometimes he's he's more lean, a little skinnier. He's had times in the past where he was a little more jacked. Um, and it's at, at All In, in August, three months ago, he looked just healthy. I think that was the thing. He just looked healthy. There's a lot of times we've seen CM Punk, and he just doesn't look good. He's clearly exhausted. He's clearly worn out. He's clearly burnt out. Go back to the 2014 Royal Rumble, the last time we saw CM Punk in WWE, 10 years ago almost and uh and look at CM Punk in that Royal Rumble. He's in there for 40 he's in there almost the whole time. Um and then the next day he went to Monday Night Raw and never appeared on Monday Night Raw and wouldn't appear again until Saturday night on WWE. Uh because he walked out of the company and then they you know, then they terminated his contract and then he was he was done with wrestling until AEW came along. And that's the other thing. Everybody's like I don't it's, uh, I guess maybe living through the 90s and appreciating what happens when you have two competing wrestling companies, two major North American wrestling companies competing against each other, and then one of those companies goes away and is bought by the other company, and then you see what happens after that. I mentioned that wrestling, uh, you know, uh, from a certain point of time, I mean, like 2002, 2003, 2004, you saw the end of, like, it was the end of the rock. It was the end of Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was the end of the Attitude Era. A uh, lot of pe- lot of changes, right? And uh, and and then these new guys come along, and these John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, Batista, all these guys, and uh, and it was it was they were good. I love I love all those guys. But the product itself, they're just you know, the, like I said the other day, if it weren't for the fact that Shawn Michaels made his comeback, just as, as WWE was starting to decline because there was no more WCW, um, that's what kept me. That's what kept me watching, which honestly was Shawn Michaels, and yeah, I of course I wanted to see what was happening, but I thought Batista was very entertaining. It took me a long time to really, I, I just I don't know why I was just never into Randy Orton. I just could never get into the guy and uh, i think because it like he seemed like kind of a douche as a person so it's hard to like really like somebody like that great in the ring everything else he has it all but i it just never never quite did it for me uh, but yeah so it was and brock lesnar he was gone as soon as he arrived he was go- he was gone 2 years after he arrived so it's like okay well that's it for him after after that wrestlemania 20 it was like okay no more brock lesnar no more goldberg no more rock no more Stone Cold Steve Austin, no more Mick Foley. Uh it was like, you know, they, they, a lot of stuff changed. And uh and I, I it just and, and now there's competition again and you're seeing what happens. Do you think CM Punk would have returned to Survivor Series if AEW didn't exist? I doubt it. I highly doubt it. But AEW came along. Now there's an alternative mainstream wrestling product for but place for WWE guys to go a place for young up and comers to make their name and a place for somebody like CM Punk to come back to wrestling. And uh, unfortunately that didn't work out so well, but uh, he was there f- uh, for the better half of two years. And I don't think he would have been back at all if it were for AEW. So when I hear these people like, Oh, AEW sucks. You guys lost CM Punk. What the fuck You guys like enjoy everything fucking remember what the 90s were like and then remember what the early 2000s were like after WCW is gone and WWF could just do whatever crappy uh, we could get as many fucking Big Show versus Kane matches as Vince wanted to give us whether we liked it or not and there's a lot of good stuff that happened in the early 2000s in WWE plenty of great matches and moments uh and for me most of those (laughs) revolve around Shawn Michaels in some way uh because that's that's what really, really I, I st- listen. I still would have watched. I kept watching after Shawn Michaels left. I watched when he was there, but my interest levels, yeah, I mean they went down significantly in in 2010 after WrestleMania after he uh, lost the career ending match to the Undertaker, and then that was really when I realized, oh my God, no, no, WWE sucks. <laughs> Uh, I mean, after that, Russell, it was tough. That was one of those years where, like, it started off like, "Oh my God, Bret Hart is back on Monday Night Raw." Oh my God, they're gonna have Bret versus Vince at WrestleMania. Oh my God, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker part two. John Cena versus Batista. It, like they had, uh, you know, all the all the major stars from whatever you, if you want to call it ruthless aggression. Cena, Batista. Orton uh any of those guys they were all still there and uh and then Shawn Michaels left and I found myself a lot less interested because Shawn Michaels left after that WrestleMania. Uh Bret Hart was around a little bit but not a ton. Batista left a couple months later. Uh, Undertaker, that was really I think when Undertaker started to go to like a part-time special appearance kind of thing. I think he he came back that fall to to have a match against Kane. That's the other thing. It's like, okay, The Undertaker's back. Well, that's a big name. Oh, against Kane for the f- 5 millionth time. Uh, and honestly, I didn't really... I, I was a fan of CM Punk. You know, I thought it was cool that night that he won... Uh, when he cashed in the Money in the Bank thing. Uh, and he won, the, uh, he won the world title... Uh, what was that? Two thousand eight, I guess. And uh, and I liked uh, I like the feud that he had with Ray Mysterio leading up to that WrestleMania, WrestleMania twenty six, the same one that had Brett versus Vince and Shawn versus Undertaker, and it had CM Punk versus Ray Mysterio and the the creepy way you know it was CM Punk with the Straight Edge Society, and that uh, that creepy uh, on SmackDown where he came out and he was singing Happy Birthday to Ray's daughter, I believe it was. And, uh, it was just, yeah, I mean, that was good. And then of course, then of course, as things went like I, I, when Shawn Michaels was gone, I, that's when I started to notice CM Punk a lot more. I remember in 2010, I think it was late 2010 where they had CM Punk, they had him doing commentary for a few weeks on Monday Night Raw and he would come out with this oversized, uh, sport coat and a tie But he was wearing just his wrestling trunks, his wrestling gear underneath. And I thought it looked very funny. In the same way that Sal, uh, on Impractical Jokers, when he would wear that 10 sizes too big sport coat. It it always made me laugh as he's trying to pretend to be a a legitimate businessman. Uh, Anyways, and then in 2011 was really, you know, you had the CM Punk pipe bomb and the feud with John Cena. And absolutely, it should have been that WrestleMania should have been CM Punk and John Cena instead of The Miz and John Cena. But again, it was, that was an era where like, okay, well, you want CM Punk versus John Cena? Go fuck yourself. It's going to be The Miz versus John Cena. Go go watch WCW. Oh, that's right. Go watch some other wrestling stuff. Oh, that's right. There's nothing else. And I don't mean there was no... I mean, yeah, we had TNA and Ring of Honor and stuff. But as far as having a major, major... I mean, AEW is the closest thing we've come to having. WCW, you know, a a, a second-tier promotion that is that has a major television deal. Uh, I don't know if it's a second-tier. I mean, it's second-tier in the sense that, like, nobody can touch WWE. I've always said, like, anything that would have to compete with WWE is going to have to have... Uh, a billionaire, if not multiple billionaires behind it. And so, yeah, Tony Khan, the Khan family, the only Jacksonville Jaguars, they're billionaires. And they, you know, when AEW started, it's like, wow, they've got, they're going to be on TNT and TBS. They're on just like WCW. And I hope AEW never goes away, whether it's uh, this, you know, they're going to go back and forth. Sometimes AEW has the superior product. Sometimes it's WWE. But the fact is you have, you have choices And that's what's so great. And that, it's reminding me of the 90s for the first time. And I said it the other day, previewing Survivor Series, this is my favorite period of time in wrestling. I mean, since I started watching. You know, when I started watching in 1992, and that was really kind of the tail end of like Hulkamania and all that stuff. And yeah, you still had the Hulkster a little bit, and the Ultimate Warrior and those guys, but uh really it was you know it was Bret Hart and it was Shawn Michaels and Diesel and Razor Double J Yokozuna Undertaker Lex Luger uh Owen Hart 123 Kid all those guys and that was uh that was the new generation that was that that was like my and and that's an era that most people think is maybe one of if not the worst in pro wrestling and yeah, when you go back and watch, it's like, boy, they didn't really have a whole lot of great stuff, but they had a they had those characters that I mentioned were I wanted to see them. I wanted to watch what they were doing. More often than not, we would get matches and outcomes that made you scratch your head. Like, why why did Mabel win King of the Ring and not Shawn Michaels or literally anybody else? That kind of thing. Why did Owen Hart not beat Brett for the world title at some point just to elevate that feud and elevate both guys whatever even if he was you know at Survivor, I couldn't it have just been Owen Hart instead of Bob Backlund who won the title that's right. whatever whatever um I'm, I'm going on a tangent here but like and then and then of course the new generation uh over the course of like 1997 it really paved the way 96 97 paved the way for the attitude era which was you know late 1997 through probably 2001, some some like to say 2002. I think I think WrestleMania 17 was when the Attitude Era came to an end. When there's no more WCW and there's no more ECW. Uh, WrestleMania 17, one of the best WrestleManias ever, and it really was kind of the culmination of the Monday Night Wars and the Attitude Era. It's like look at this is what WCW pushed WWF to be back then. Stone Cold, The Rock. The Undertaker, Mick Foley, Triple H, Jericho, Edge and Christian, the Hardys, the Dudleys, Kurt Angle, like all these, all these top guys, and uh, and also Big Show and Kane in the same match together, which even in two thousand one, I was like, oh my god, how much more, how many more times do we have to see these two? Uh, anyway, so. Whatever. Whenever the Attitude Era ended, you could call it a, a number of different times. But this is, right now, whatever this era is, the Triple H era, I don't know. But when Triple H was running NXT, it got me into wrestling in a way that I hadn't been in a long time. And now Triple H is running the whole show, really. And and others, of course. But Triple H is a big force. And, uh, and, and seeing what he did in NXT and now seeing it sort of translated over to Monday night raw and SmackDown and all the major pay-per-views, uh, man, I mean, just the last two years of being a wrestling fan, it really like when AEW started in 2019, it got, it got like NXT for the previous few years, got me really just loving wrestling again. And, uh, and then AEW started and it's like, oh my gosh, here we go. This could be like, WWE needs legitimate competition. <laughs> TNA tried to do it in 2010 when they moved their show to Monday nights, and that—that that was just as uh, as ill-conceived an idea as we all thought it would be. That only lasted for what a month, two months before they moved back to their regular schedule. Because <laughs> then they realized, "Ooh, shit! Uh, we are not in WWE's league. We need to uh, we need to go back to where we were." Even though they tried, they had, like, we got Hulk Hogan, and we've got Hall and Nash, we got Ric Flair, and we've got this one and that one, plus our homegrown talent, and it was still like, no, but WWE's bringing back Bret Hart. And actually, that's kind of cool, because it was like, WWE didn't really view TNA as, like, major, major competition, but obviously they they view anything, any wrestling product, as a threat, in the sense that, well, they might not be competition right now, Uh, More people are watching us no matter what, but that could change. Just like in 1995, Vince McMahon really didn't give WCW much of a thought. He's like, oh yeah, what do you think about WCW competing head-to-head with Monday Night Raw? Vince is like, eh, I don't think they're going to do that well. I don't think enough people are going to watch them. We're the superior show, we're the superior product. And then WCW and WWF went back and forth in the ratings for a year. Eight nine months, whatever it was, and then uh, WCW just just ran away with it. <laughs> they just started beating WWF uh, when the NWO stuff started, and then that was that was the show to watch. And then and Monday Night Raw was terrible. You'd be watching stuff that was taped weeks ago, and you know once a month you get a live Monday Night Raw versus Nitros live every week. And so WWF said, you know what? We're fucked if we don't do something about this. So they took Monday Night Raw and they made it live and they made it two hours. And then they started to make it a lot more interesting than it had been. And uh, and the rest is history. You get Stone Cold, Rock, you get the whole thing, the Attitude Era. And in 2001, there's no more WCW. And I hope that is not the fate of AEW. I hope that AEW and WWE go back and forth. I hope sometimes AEW is on top. I hope sometimes WWE is on top. I hope they're, that AEW, even if they never surpass WWE, which is quite likely. <clears throat> and when I say on top, I just mean like, okay, I'd rather be watching this right now than, than WWE. Um, that has not been the case. Uh, gosh, probably. I don't even know how long. I still go to AEW shows. They're still fun. Uh, it's not as must-see as it, as it was. But really, AEW uh, <laughs> coming into existence, and then just a few months before a pandemic, where AEW, during during the COVID pandemic, lockdown, all that stuff, they were putting on a way uh, better show than WWE. You know, WWE is just doing, you know, no... Uh, No pumped in audio, no video screens. You know, the early days of the pandemic where it was just, it was just quiet. You're just watching matches and it's in the little performance center gym. And it's like, ugh, this stinks. AEW is like, hey, why don't, if our wrestlers have to be here, why don't we make them the audience? And then after a while they would start, you know, they would bring some fans in. Not a ton. I don't know, maybe a few hundred and just have them scattered safely around the that Daily's Place arena. And that was that was, you know, I don't remember a lot of WWF, WWE in 2020. I mean, I remember the pre-pandemic stuff, Edge returning, the big surprise uh return in the Royal Rumble, Drew McIntyre winning the Royal Rumble, beating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Uh and then just really <laughs> trying very hard to enjoy WWE during uh, the pandemic. And then once they did that Thunderdome and they pumped in the crowd noise and had the video screens, it's like, okay, this feels as close to a live audience as you're going to get. And technically, I guess it is because it's people at home watching live and uh, it's not live crowd audio. It's, it's, you know, they're pumping it in from other, other times when they captured that, that those sounds, but, it got better. And then really, I would say 2021 when CM Punk showed up in AEW. And then a a couple weeks later, uh, Brian Danielson and Adam Cole, it's like, all right, this is like, they're really, you know, they're, they're really getting these rosters in place and they've got, and, and, and back then AEW still had Cody Rhodes. Um, they still, you know, they, they had a lot of, a lot of the uh, the home you know MJF and all the original guys plus CM Punk plus Brian Danielson and then you know then Cesaro shows up uh, following Summer and all this stuff and it's like wow they're really you know they're they're getting some pretty big names here and uh and then that led to that you know and then then that, the WrestleMania uh as I mentioned WrestleMania 38 Stone Cold returning uh to take on Kevin Owens and then you've got um the match that I absolutely love between Sami Zayn and uh, Johnny Knoxville it was just a lot of fun. A lot of people crapped on that match, and I just—it's like, what, do you do you not like joy? Do you not enjoy fun? Because that was just a fun match. Not every fucking wrestling match has to be like the five star with all the you know false finishes and technical wrestling moves and high, it doesn't. Ha- it's like this is what pro wrestling is. They they tell a story and they entertain, and that Knoxville Sammy Zayn match a couple years ago was was great. I loved it, and then it, th- th- those were just some of those small things that's like, yeah, this is this is really getting good. And then, you know, the, late twenty twenty with the stuff they started doing with Jay Uso and Roman Reigns when he returned the whole the whole Bloodline thing, and they give him they get rid of his crap ass. S.H.I.E.L.D. music that he had. And they give him new music and new attitude. And they give him, you know, Paul Heyman's his guy now. And, you know, that stuff became really captivating. And then Sami Zayn, I mean, boy, 2022. What a year for Sami Zayn. He's got the, the big match with Knoxville at WrestleMania. Then he joins joins the Bloodline. And that's the most compelling story by far. And, uh, uh, you know, culminating in uh, Sami Zayn uh, getting hit, Hitting Roman Reigns with the chair at the Royal Rumble last year, and having the match with Roman, and then the tag, t- just lots of good stuff. And then uh, it's just been it's just been so good. It's just been so good. I, I love the Bloodline. I st- I'm still not bored with that storyline. I wish Roman Reigns was uh, made a few more appearances, but it just makes it that more uh, important when he does show up. And as I speculated, I really think. Like, they deliberately, they said, hey, we're going to have Roman Reigns and L.A. Knight and John Cena and all these guys at uh, Crown Jewel. And then at Survivor Series, we're still going to have some big, you know, Randy Orton. That was a big return and the big War Games matches and all that stuff. But there was no Roman Reigns, no L.A. Knight, no John Cena. You know, quite a few, quite a few big names uh, not taking part in that pay-per-view. And and I was kind of wondering, is that... Is that because there's going to be a big return, and they don't want to? They don't want to have anything overshadowing anything else. I, like I don't know, but uh, either way, it was awesome to see CM Punk return uh, Saturday night at the end of the show. And again, as I said, I sat there all night speculating: Is CM Punk going to show up? Uh, You know, they teased Randy Orton. Like I said, they teased Randy Orton not being able to show up for the match as the fifth partner. And and then you think, okay, are they just fucking with us? Is that because Randy Orton is going to be taken out of the match and replaced with CM Punk? Because that would be huge. But I just can't see that happening. It doesn't make a ton of sense. And then during the match, Randy Orton comes out. It's like, oh, okay. And you think, boy, that's, that's some classic, like, that's some old school, like, Vince McMahon, like, fucking with the fans kind of stuff, where he would be like, I know what you want, and you can kiss my ass. And even, I was just listening to Busted Open this morning, and and Mark Henry was on there talking about how even when CM Punk's music started playing at the end of Survivor Series, when the little copyright logo was at the bottom of the screen, which, for 40 years has told us that's the end of the show. There's nothing else after the show. Fade to black. And to my knowledge, I don't remember a single pay-per-view ever having anything after that little trademark stamp. It shows up. They might leave it on the screen for 10, 20 seconds as we watch the final shots of the wrestlers and the crowd and everything else. And then we fade out. But I don't recall ever having a time where that... Stamp came on the screen, and then something of note happened. Now, there's been times where the pay-per-view or Monday Night Raw or SmackDown or whatever show it is fades to black and the television audience is done with the show. And then the live audience might get something. uh, A little bonus, a little appearance. But typically a major return, especially somebody as, as big as CM Punk... Who has not been with the company in ten years, and who many think will never come back to WWE ever? Uh, obviously, they would not wait until after the show to give that only to the live audience in attendance. Uh, so yeah, when that when that little stamp came up, and I'm like, eh, all right, it's over. <laughs> and then we hear CM Punk's music play, and I shot right up and I said, "Holy shit!" I was like, "What?" My wife turned to me and she's like, "What do you? why are you surprised? You've been talking about CM Punk all night. Wasn't this supposed to happen? I said, no, it wasn't supposed to happen. We all thought it might happen. We all hoped it would happen. But I'll tell you what, when WWE puts that little thing on the screen, that little stamp, the copyright 2023 WWE Survivors, whatever the hell it says, um, when that shows up, the uh, that means it's over. We're done. So they... They, they got me and they got everyone else. I can't imagine, I I can't imagine there weren't a ton of people when that stamp showed up on the screen to, to, to indicate that it's all over. That's all folks. That there were people who were saying, wait, 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 maybe, maybe like I was when that, when they, when that popped up on the screen, I was 100% at that point, 100% certain, okay, Oh well, no CM Punk. I guess he's he's probably never coming back to WWE. And then just as I'm thinking that, and just as I'm getting ready to flip over to a football game, or or you know, or turn off the TV and go to bed or whatever, just as I'm reaching for the remote, and then the fucking CM Punk music hits, and I jumped. I'm like, what? You you gotta be kidding me! And so that's why I explained to my wife. I said they've never done that before. Watching for third since nineteen ninety, watching religiously since nineteen ninety two. I've I there's no time that I ever remember them saying, "All right, good night, everybody," and then they're getting ready to fade out, and then something happens. I I can't remember recall ever seeing that. So and that and that's the great thing is just when you think you've seen all the tricks, you know everything, you've seen it all, you've heard it all, you've experienced it all. And then they they come up with another trick up their sleeves and it's exciting too, because let's be honest, we did kind of, uh, in the nineties, uh, the, the, the Monday night wars era, there was a lot of that. And even after the Monday night war, even after WCW was purchased, it was like, you know, during the, during the Monday night war era, you'd have somebody jumping ship from one company to the other. And it was a huge deal. Like one two three kid going to WCW was was pretty big, but six leaving WCW in 1998 and uh, getting fired, I guess, in 1998, and then showing up on Monday Night Raw the night after WrestleMania 14 in Albany, New York, where a, a certain someone along with his best friends was sitting in the second row, screaming and jumping up and down like, "Holy shit, he's back! He's back!" Um. And that was one of the moments that turned the tide forever in the Monday Night War. I'm sure Eric Bischoff thought, well, it's not like this is Hulk Hogan or Kevin Nash or Scott Hall or Goldberg. It's, it's 6 Pack. Like, what? how much is he going to move the needle? Uh, a lot, actually. If you knew anything about wrestling, that was... we, we were, I, I remember like, oh my God. Is Sean Waltman actually coming back to WWF? and there he was the night after wrestlemania and you would get things like that you know 1999 chris jericho leaving wcw a, a, a more or less a homegrown wcw talent yes he was known before wcw but i didn't know who he was until he showed up on monday night Row. like i i wasn't that in the know back in 1996 and uh but by the time he came to monday night raw in 1999 he was a He was a big attraction. That was a huge moment. Just like when Big Show came out from underneath the ring, also in 1999, to throw Stone Cold Steve Austin into the steel cage at St. Valentine's Day Massacre in your house. And uh, it's like, oh my God, there's big, like it, it was mostly big names from WWF going to WCW for years. We kept having to watch Hulk Hogan. Macho Man, Randy Savage, Lex Luger, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Sean Waltman, Ted DiBiase, Jeff Jarrett, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Mr. Perfect, Brad Hart. The list goes on and on. And it was... The times were few and far between when it would go in the other direction. And it would be, you know, in 19... It was, you know, Jeff Jarrett after a year in WCW came back to WWF. And that was... That was cool. It wasn't like earth shattering like oh wow WWF this turns the tide in the Monday Night War it was cool and same thing with you know when X-Pac came back that was really a big deal because he was best friends with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and now he's out of WCW and he's shooting from the hip brother on Monday Night Raw and uh, and then even you know after WCW like 2000 the radicals show up it's like oh my God Chris Benoit Eddie Guerrero Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn are all sitting ringside on Monday Night Raw. And uh, 24 hours ago or a week ago or whatever it was, they were they were on a WCW pay-per-view. Chris Benoit had just won the WCW world title, I think, from Sid. And then uh, I can't remember if it was the next day or the next... I don't, I don't think it was the next night. I think it might have been a week later. But either way, those guys were all on Monday Night Raw the next week. And I'm not sure how much attention Vince McMahon would have given those guys if there was no WCW. And, uh, and then after WCW, uh, was done, then it was like, Oh my God, are we going to like, are we actually going to see Hulk Hogan return to WWF? Are we going to see Ric Flair in a WWF ring again? Diesel, Razor, Scott Hawk, Kevin Nett, like, who else, who are we going to, are we ever going to see Sting in WWE? Can you imagine? Goldberg, can you imagine this? Like, and then, and we pretty much did. We got all of those guys, even Sting. It took a long time. Uh, It, it was over a decade, but we did get Sting eventually. It was a less than stellar uh, tenure with the company, unfortunately. Which is why I'm so glad to see Sting getting to go out on his terms and getting to really... Have a lot of fun in AEW, and he only has a handful of matches left. But man, what a fucking legend! Fucking sting, anyway. That you know, once we got Hogan versus Rock, and once we got you know this match and that match, and all these things, then it was kind of like, okay, I mean, the dream matches are now it's just WWF, and and they kind of have to make their own dream matches. And uh, and the moments where a big a big name shows up, it's it's hard to do when there's not another company to make big names. And uh, yeah, I mean TNA. I, I think AJ Styles was one of those big names, a homegrown guy in TNA. And then all of a sudden he shows up as a surprise in the Royal Rumble 2016. That was a big moment. I remember. Uh, you know, there's been, there's been a few really cool moments where it's like, oh my God, this guy's coming to WWE. That's cool. And, uh, another big surprise one, you know, when Cody Rhodes left AEW, like, oh my God, this guy's one of the founders of AEW and he's leaving to go back to WWE and he shows up at WrestleMania and now he's the next, uh, he's the next big Superstar. And it's good. That's the other thing. And Triple H mentioned this at the Survivor Series press conference the other day, is that, you know, you have probably the deepest roster they've had in decades. And maybe ever, maybe since, honestly, maybe even since like the 80s. You know, it used to be you, you, you had like two or three top level guys, a couple of mid-level guys, low-level guys, and a handful of like really solid main events that you could put together. I mean, even in the '80s, it was it was Hogan, it was Savage, it was Ultimate Warrior. That was that was the '80s, and then in the '90s, it was Bret Hart, Diesel, Yokozuna, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, a couple of others here and there, um, but not not a hell of a lot else. And uh, and now you've got like yeah, looking at that team last uh, on Saturday of like man, these are Sami Zayn, Jay Uso, Randy Orton. Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins. Those are like, those are all top-tier babyface names. And they and that's without even having John Cena. That's without having LA Knight. That's without having uh uh who was I gonna I was gonna mention somebody. Kevin Owens. Um like wow, this is this is pretty cool. There were a lot of guys not on that Survivor Series card, and it was still a really big card with really good matches on it and a surprise return of CM Punk and the surprise return of R-Truth. I thought he had only been gone for a few months. Evidently, R-Truth has been gone for over a year. I didn't realize it's been that long. And even though he returned in a backstage segment that was, you know, basically just a commercial for Ruffles potato chips, uh, mmm, Ruffles, Delicious it was still really it was like oh my god our truth yes so you have the return of our truth then you have the return of Randy Orton and you think oh, that's that would be enough for any pay-per-view those big returns and then you get CM Punk on top of that and that's that's pretty fucking awesome so and now, now we've, uh, the only, I, I love WWE pay per views being on Saturday now. I, I, you know, obviously WrestleMania will be on a Sunday because they do the two night WrestleMania thing. And, you know, maybe someday, who knows, maybe someday, like the big, you know, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, WrestleMania, maybe those will be two night events, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe one of those, maybe SummerSlam. Uh, in any event, uh, although I could see Survivor Series being a two-night event. If you had, like, if they brought back the elimination tag matches, they could have a couple of elimination matches and a war games match on each night. So you have, like, the women's war game match main eventing one of the nights of Survivor Series and the men's war game match main eventing the other night. And then on top of that, you have enough star power on each night. You know, maybe the big, uh, maybe Roman Reigns' big title defense is on Saturday, and then maybe, uh, you know, who knows? Whatever. But either way, yeah, WrestleMania is on a Sunday. That's fine um, because it's also on a Saturday. And uh, and I love the fact that every single other pay-per-view is on a Saturday night now. It's way better. I never thought I would want to have uh, wrestling pay-per-views on a Saturday until they started happening. It's like you don't know you need this and then it happens. It's like, oh my God, why have we been doing pay-per-views on Sunday all these years? It makes it makes the shittiness of Sunday a little bit better. Like, all right, I got uh, Sunday sucks, schools tomorrow or work or whatever, but at least I've got the Royal Rumble to look forward to. But I don't care. Uh, give me give me Saturday. Give me Saturday pay-per-views. I'm fine with that. And uh, but the only the only bummer about a Saturday pay-per-view is when something huge like the return of CM Punk happens. If the pay-per-view was on a Sunday, we would only have to wait 24 hours for the follow-up on Monday Night Raw. And now we have to wait 48 hours. And uh, so I'm glad it's Monday because that means we're finally here. And tonight we are going to have Randy Orton back on Monday Night Raw. And we're going to have CM Punk back on Monday Night Raw. And I'm going to tell you right now, I feel like the next... uh, What is this? November 1, 2, 3, 4. The next 4 months, four and a half months, whatever it is, until WrestleMania... I feel like is going to be some of the best television that WWE has ever had ever because CM Punk is great. But when CM Punk doesn't have, when there's not that whatever system in place to kind of, uh, you know, give, you know, put some bumpers, uh, in the, in the bowling lane for CM Punk. So he doesn't go off the rails. I know I'm mixing metaphors, but, uh, I, I think Tony Khan is, is, too much of a wrestling fan and not enough of a, a wrestling leader. I think he is probably a very good leader. I, I'm sure he's, I, I'm, I'm sure he's good to work for, but I, he's probably, he seems like he may be, maybe a little more passive. Um, and then you go to WWE where they have this system that's been in place for years and years and years. And, you know, th- there's an org structure and there's, uh, you know, the, the EVPs of the company aren't Kenny Omega and the young bucks. It's, uh, you know, it's Triple H, it's Nick Khan, it's uh, whoever else. And it's, a, you know, it's much more of a corporate sort of structure. And uh, I, think, I think the combination of those things will result in CM Punk absolutely thriving in his return to WWE. I also think, and I hope, um, that CM Punk is back and his role will be uh, more of a special attraction capacity, you know, similar to how Goldberg was, Brock Lesnar, kind of how Roman Reigns is now, where you don't, you're not going to get him at every pay per view. He's not going to be on TV every week. And so it makes it even more special. And by the way, imagine that. Like, you know, have uh, a special attraction in CM Punk and you have a special attraction in Roman Reigns. And I'm sure we haven't seen the last of Brock Lesnar. I'm sure we're not going to see, I'm sure we're not, we're going to see less and less of Brock Lesnar as the years go on. The dude's, I don't know, he's he's not much older than me. I think a couple, he's like 45 maybe, 44, 45, 46, I don't know. Uh, I would I would think he's getting to that wind down point. Um, but I also, I can't imagine that, the match against Omos would have been his last match ever. Uh, so, but also I know Brock Lesnar was really, a you know, he was a Vince McMahon guy. So maybe the fact that Vince isn't in charge anymore. I don't know. I remember when Vince left WWE, uh, back in uh, what it was July of 2022. And, uh, that raw or SmackDown, I think it was SmackDown. It was in Boston. I didn't go to that one either. Uh, and Brock Lesnar was scheduled to be there and he walked out and he was leaving he was like Vince, McMahon, Vince McMahon's not here neither is Brock Lesnar I'm out of here and I, I think Vince himself had to call Brock and be like whoa whoa easy easy big fella it's all good go go do your job Will you, I'll be back don't you worry and then Vince did come back and I'm sure I'm sure Brock was pretty pleased with that and then and then the and then the sale of the company and uh, and now uh, who knows? But also, this is a WWE that we we have, we've seen glimpses of in the past. It's a WWE that is listening to the fans. WWE has always listened to the fans. It's just a matter of, is WWE going to do what the fans are asking for? And a lot of times, the answer is no. Unless they are pushed so far that like, oh my gosh, this could really fuck our business if we don't give the fans what they want. And I think of 2014, you know, the Daniel Bryan, the Yes movement, where he wasn't supposed to be part of that WrestleMania main event. And he certainly wasn't supposed to be in the world title picture. And everybody shat all over that 2014 Royal Rumble. They were pissed that Batista won the Royal Rumble and not Bryan Danielson. They booed Rey Mysterio, probably the only time in his life that he has or will ever be booed. And it was only because Rey Mysterio committed the crime of being the 30th participant in the Royal Rumble and not being Daniel Bryan. If Daniel Bryan came out at number 29 in the 2014 Royal Rumble and Rey Mysterio came out at number 30, they would have cheered Rey Mysterio like they always do because they would have had Daniel Bryan in the ring and uh, and and happy about that. But that didn't happen, so they booed Rey Mysterio. Oh my God. And then people, uh, you know, yeah, people were people were very unhappy, myself included. And then they made everything right with the world and, and Daniel Bryan walks out of WrestleMania 30 as the world champ. Not Batista, not Orton. Um and I feel bad for Batista because I couldn't wait for Batista to come back. And then he finally did, and the way that they sort of handled his uh the presentation of Batista was head scratching to say the least. Like I wanted Batista back, but I didn't want Batista winning the Royal Rumble and then going on to win the world title at WrestleMania. Like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. And uh so yeah, it's it seems to, you know, we really are in a in a in uncharted waters in a lot of ways where I'm not sure, yeah, two things, AEW existing which brought CM Punk back in the first place in 2021. And then the fact that Vince McMahon is not in charge uh, because I think there is a much better chance for CM Punk coming back uh, with Triple H running things and, and Nick Khan and all that stuff as opposed to if it was Vince. Uh, and, and they seem to have this new strategy over there at WWE, this post-merger strategy of... How about we give the fans what they want so they will keep watching our show and keep paying us money to keep doing more of the things that they want us to do instead of making our fans routinely mad at us just just to be an asshole and say, hey, I know what you want. I'm giving you the opposite. Ha ha. Fuck you. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Damn it. Uh yeah, it's, it's now like this crazy new strategy of how about we just send the fans home happy? Oh, interesting. Tell me more about this happiness you'd like to, Now, I mean, obviously WWF has given us many, many, many happy moments over the years, but there have also been many head scratchingly stupid moments where we said, why did, why is this happening? Are you just, is this just a fuck you? To there's so many times where it's like I think Vince McMahon's uh, telling us where we can uh, where we can shove our uh, our loyalty to WWE. So those those two things combined give us CM Punk closing out the show at Survivor Series on Saturday, and now we get to hear CM Punk return to Monday Night Raw for the first time in a decade almost, and uh, that's that's amazing to me. I'm I'm very very happy and uh yeah. And the great thing too is like I'm happy to have CM Punk back. But WWE is such that like if it doesn't work out and he's gone in a year or he's gone in 6 months or he's gone tomorrow. Uh I hope he's not gone tomorrow, but um if it doesn't go on for a very long time, it's still okay because we have all these other characters that's like that's why I was happy that CM Punk was in AEW because they needed him more than WWE did, and uh, I'm glad AEW has Edge. Uh, I haven't had a chance to see much, but I've seen some of the stuff and some of the, the stuff that he's doing with Christian. Obviously, there's going to be tag team matches. Uh, there is going to eventually there is going to be a huge one on one match between Adam Copeland and Christian Cage. And then I feel like eventually we are going to see Christian and Edge, Adam and Christian team up one last time. And honestly, I feel like I could honestly see the last match being with the Hardys and maybe even the Dudleys in AEW, having a, a TLC match. I mean, they'd call it something else. But uh, I feel like I feel like that's that's how Edge will go out as is, as uh, is teaming with Christian. But I could be wrong. But that's another cool thing. Like, holy shit, Edge is in AEW. A a couple months ago, what was it? The uh, was it the end of it was the end of one of their pay per views. I don't even. I don't even remember. How sad is that? Uh, But yeah, he showed up. Showed up at the end of uh, one of the shows, and that was and and yeah, that's really cool. I'm happy to have. happy to have edge in AEW. And I hope, I hope more big names do go to AEW and I hope they continue to really focus on the names they have. Cause MJF, uh, the sky's the limit for that dude. Darby Allen, not my cup of tea, but I'm in the minority. Everybody loves Darby Allen. That's a huge homegrown kind of guy. He'll, he'll have a title run someday, I think. And, and that'll, that'll be good. Uh, uh, Max Castor and, uh, and Bowen, uh, Anthony Bowens, uh, the, what the, the, the acclaimed, I think those guys as a tag team are big time. And I think they're both going to be big deals when they're singles wrestlers. Uh, and then, you know, Kenny Omega is still Kenny Omega. Moxley's also not my cup of tea, but he's, he's a big star over there. And, uh, yeah, hopefully they'll keep, they just signed Will Ospreay. I think that's a big deal. Hopefully they'll he'll, Hopefully they'll do right by him, make him a major uh, major player in that company. Jay White seems to be getting a lot of attention and getting high profile uh, matches and things like that. World caliber matches, as the Hulkster would say. Uh, it's just it's it's just a great time to be a wrestling fan. It's the best time to be a wrestling fan since the nineties, as far as I'm concerned. And you have to put up with a lot of crap to get there, but the pe- the pendulum always swings in either direction. And yes, I I hope not, but it, uh, I I feel like a WWE machine has now like got it so well figured out that they're just there's never really going to be a a boring time or a downtime in WWE anymore. Kind of like how Disney World, like there used to be times where you could strategically, if you went to Disney World like in mid January or in September you know, during these off periods or or between Thanksgiving and Christmas, but not on those holidays. If you went during those times, you would, uh, relatively speaking, you could have the park to yourself. And I've I've been there on a few of those when we lived in Florida and we would go during some of those off times where it was just a two-hour drive and we could go up for a night or a weekend. Uh, we would do that and it was nice. And now I think pretty much Disney has made it like... There's enough to see and do at all times of the year that I don't know if there is even a single week where it's slow at that theme park. Slow compared to, like, 4th of July, maybe, but still jam-packed. And uh, I feel like that's where WWE has now gotten to that sort of Disney space of, yeah, I don't think we're going to have any more downturns. Like, we're just... You know we're we're just so established and so big and everywhere and everybody's you know, and I think that's what WWE is at this point. Um, all right, so finally let me let me let me wrap up here. Uh, and the other matches, the women I haven't even talked about the matches, uh, but I'm not going to go into great detail. The women's war game match was fucking awesome. I think that was the best match of the night. The men's war game match was a very very close second. CM Punk returning was the highlight of the night. Our Truth returning was a big highlight of the night for me. Randy Orton looks great. He was uh, that was an excellent match. Miz versus Gunther was exactly what I had hoped it would be and thought it would be. It was a really good match and Miz lost. I don't I don't think that was a huge surprise. Uh the women Rhea Ripley and uh man, Zoe Stark Good match, pretty quick, nothing crazy. And then the Santos Escobar and uh, and the, and Dragon Lee was good. Um, it was just an awesome night. Awesome pay-per-view. Awesome Survivor Series. I may have even liked it better than last year's that I attended live. And that's saying something because last year's was my favorite Survivor Series ever. All right, gang, that's going to do it. We'll talk more about Survivor Series and CM Punk in another time, but I got to run. We'll talk to you next time on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Later, Gators!